Welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm your host, John McGee. Thanks so much for joining us today. All right, friends, welcome back. This is part two of our series we're talking about communicating. We talked about previously about how to prepare a message. And this episode, we're going to talk about how to deliver, how to preach or teach a message. Uh, John and TA are back. Welcome back, guys. We're going to talk about the delivery piece now. TA, do you remember? So we all went to DTS, John. Uh, John, let the audience know. I just, You're welcome. Yeah, it's it's fine. I just didn't want to blame DTS for anything that you two blame crazies have come up with. Do you remember what was on the sign when we were in seminary out front? That that sign out front. I think it was preach the word. Preach the word. Karuksantan Lagos. Yeah, I think so. Welcome to that that too. Yes, preach the word. And John, you actually, we were talking about this. You looked it up. It's changed now. Yeah, I don't know what year they changed it, but now it's teach truth, love well, which I think is a great change yeah it's not just preaching it's that that's like first corinthians 13 right I like if it. you got all these words in faith but you don't have love you're a nuisance that's right it's good john elmore the one who actually was on staff at dts oh. you were on staff t and i we just paid our money yeah. and you were on staff so. notice he didn't say faculty staff <laughs> there is a difference you choose your words carefully <laughs> don't you <laughs> okay guys so you gave us some really good thoughts on how to prepare. Uh, let's talk now about how to deliver. You know, some people want to get better at their craft in terms of the actual uh, delivery. I want to talk about what that looks like on a Sunday morning or in some kind of teaching context. Before we get there, I know both of you do a step even before that you've prepared, and there's a middle step before you uh, actually deliver, and it's called we call it a run-through. I'm sure there's other technical terms for that, but we kind of talk us through what you do there, what's the goal of that, you know, uh, tips, uh, potential pitfalls uh, on that. Yeah. So for me personally, it always just goes better for me when I'm able to give the message before I give the message. So that means sitting with a small group of people that are good thinkers, they are good with words, they are, you know, theologically minded, and they're in different life stages, different experiences. And I'm able to give the message like I would give it on a Sunday or on a Tuesday night at the porch. So I actually will get on the stage and I'll preach it like I'm preaching to a full auditorium. And and what that does is it just, it allows me to see how an illustration actually came out, how points came out. And what I tell the prep team is I say, here's what will be helpful. If there's something that I say that you really like, then I need you to tell me, like, say it just mm-hmm. like that. That's Don't good. change it. Like, say it just like that. And I'll go into my notes and I will bold it so I know, say it just like I said it there. And I will actually record the talk on my phone so that I can go back and actually listen to how I said it. And then I, if there's something I said that didn't connect, I still remember. I'd been using this illustration for years without doing a run-through. And then I did a run-through and everyone was like, meh. I was like, what? I've been using this thing for years. butter, yeah. And now it is, you know, put a bullet in it. Anyway, I will print out my manuscript for them. They will have it in hand. So they are able to make notes on it, and they are able to tell me big picture, what really stuck out to them. And then we will walk point by point. We will walk through each section of the manuscript, and we'll pick it apart, and they will offer suggestions and uh, it is super helpful, especially I, I speak at the porch on Tuesday nights in speaking to young adults. What's really helpful is to have young adults in that run through and they will tell me, hey, this is what will connect even more for young adults. This is how you can kind of read their mail 
you know, in terms of where they're at right now. Yeah, so good, so good. Feedback is so much more helpful on the front end as opposed to the back end because I can't change it on the back end. <laughs> the cement has dried. That's right. I think uh, some things that are helpful to me in addition to all those are you get some mental muscle memory. So for me, it helps me so that when I when Sunday comes around that I kind of, I've walked down that path before. So that's helpful to me. I think in a similar way, I was like, just recently did a run through McGee you were there and Holly Carpenter was like they're not going to know who that is I like mentioned you know some preacher from 200 years ago and I was like wait what like who doesn't know who that is but she's like a lot of people they won't so you need to explain that so that's helpful that they didn't have that the other thing that's helpful to me is one uh, voice inflection like once I've sat in a passage and prayed about it I feel so passionate that people get it that that my RPMs can redline as I'm delivering and stay there. Like I'll rev hot and just, man, just burn the oil right to the very end. And people were like, that was intense. And so it'll help me to be like, all right, ebb and flow, preach, then come down. And so that can be helpful. And then the last thing is, you know, it, it gives you a time stamp as well. We're like, okay, I hit 35 minutes or wow, that went 50 minutes. I've got some work to do to cut this down for a 40 minute Sunday message. So those are other benefits. That's good. Uh, Also, things can make so much sense in your mind as you're sitting with it. You're like, that totally makes sense. This correlates. That's a great parallel passage. Everybody knows what that is. And then you speak it out loud and they're like, wait, what? Like I didn't follow you there. Uh, Or that's, that's not a strong point. You can throw that away. And so it could really make sense to you in isolation. And it helps to just get that input. Yeah, that's good. So you're going to have to kind of put some of your ego aside, right? And ask people to just say, hey, just tell me the truth about this, right? This, this illustration that I thought was always landing every single time, have someone say, no, it, it doesn't. And it's time to put that one away and, you know, and move on. And I'll, ask, I'll ask people to give it a grade. Yeah. Like okay, I'll yeah, ask perfect. them to give it a, just at the beginning of the feedback time, it's just to give me an idea of where I'm at right now. So if they're, I usually come in, I'm like, it's going to be an F. And they're like, I give it an 80. I'm like, that's a win. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So do you feel like you get, you know, I was going to ask, actually use that nomenclature. Do you feel like you get either a letter grade or a half a letter grade better by doing a run through? I would say a whole letter grade better. Yeah. You know, um, because I'm now, now what the run through team has helped me do is, is keep the great and get rid of the good or mediocre. Good. That's good. That's good. That's really good. Man, you said something earlier about that I just think is a good aside. You said, you know, you got to put your ego aside. And man, I would say that was the gift or, or the requisite of preaching and teaching. Like if you're in it for strokes and attaboys and followers and retweets and all that, like that's a good heart check. So. Yeah. The run-through shouldn't be this like, oh, gosh, what do they think? And your walk-away crushed or, you know, fanboyed. Good. Okay. So is our general practice around here, run-through, tighten up the manuscript, ship it to the elders mm-hmm. so they know, um, you know what it is that you guys are going to teach on. They can chime in. Hey, that's actually, you know, that's that's heresy. We can't say that. Uh, or just make sure as you as you do do this, here's some guidance. You know, this. Um, so which is which is a great practice, right? You don't want whatever your church polity is, um, your leadership to go. Whoa, wish I would have known that one uh, yeah. before. You know, so some people even just pick out some of the, the the thornier things. You know, the little more controversial things and say, 
here, these are the scriptures that are going to be used. This is how I'm going to say that, you know, yep. and um, I'm still working on my manuscript. It's, it's Saturday night, but I know this part probably we should all be um, unified on, stack hands on. We're good with this. You know, would anybody say anything? That, that'd be another way uh, to do that. So, okay. Uh, like it's all upside. It's it it safeguards you from communicating something that the the elders wouldn't be aligned on or that wouldn't be helpful for the church. It safeguards the elders because they're responsible for the doctrine and the really the oversight of souls, and it safeguards the body from not hearing just like crazy stuff. So it's it is beneficial to everyone. There's no downside, and uh, so thankful that we do, and that they intentionally look through it and like write back and give encouragement. Or ideas, and it's just, it's a gift. Yeah, it's good. This is the way we do it. You know, uh, create your own model, but uh, there's always something to learn from someone who's being thoughtful about uh, their model. So, okay, guys, you actually have in the room here, uh, you have two uh, two residents, uh, which is our former one former resident, one current resident, uh, people who have spent a year here uh, learning theology, Bible, practical leadership. So let's actually talk to them. What do these two young men need to know about actually delivering a message? Best practices, potential landmines, growth areas. What are your thoughts for these guys? Yeah, I mean, we talked about finding your voice on another episode, but I would just say, for me, you have to find your voice. Like, for me, I do not want anyone watching me teach saying, oh, he's trying to be so-and-so. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. that thought drives me crazy and honestly there's times on stage where i'm like oh my gosh i'm doing my hands like so and so or i'm right now i sound too much like so and so or and i'm like i don't want that like i want to be who god has made me to be but the natural tendency is when you admire someone you want to you want to be like that person and that is where you know for me i it's i try not to podcast other pastors that much because the more i do the more i'm gonna like them. So I would yeah. just say work hard to figure out your own personal style. And yeah. so and then you've got to recognize when you are just being someone else and you've got to put it to death. So watch your hand motions, watch your, you know, some like a friend of mine, he has this this subtle when he makes a point he says, "Right?" And then uh, that's like what he does. And I was watching this younger guy and he just started in his talk saying, "Right?" And I was like, "Hey man, when you do that, <laughs> you sound just like so-and-so. Yeah. You just got to put that yeah. stuff to death. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, you could, it really is fun to watch uh, if you pop in and out of different subcultures, and you can tell who kind of the lead sled dog is, exactly. you know, in that little uh, that little stream, and everyone walks, talks, acts, says, pauses. Uh, their verbal pauses will be the same. Yep. And some of that is just, that's the way it's going to be. Uh, how, however, uh, to make that the starting place of I want to be like them, uh, probably is short-circuiting you know, something that God wants to uh, do in and through you and, yeah, so uh, for, for your body. I'd That's listen really to good. a variety of people, like That's even good. guys that you don't completely align with. Just watch how they deliver. That way you can kind of, when you get on stage, like you've watched a variety of people. So it's, you're less inclined to just be one person. Yep. Uh, John, what's top of mind for you? Uh, Man, I, I got a little short list here, but I'll try to go through it fast. One, I, I fast. So I don't eat before I teach, whether it's at night or in the morning. Wow because I feel heavy and sluggish. Uh, so that's just for me, but it, it 
So I won't eat until I get home afterwards. Now, last the last Sunday I taught, I literally had to grab onto McGee because I was going to pass out. <laughs> so I had a doctor tell me, like, put some salt in your water. So I'm going to try that. Uh, worship on the way in. Man, I've got, like, a playlist, and it's, it's, it's hurting my long-term hearing guaranteed but i'm but i'm setting my heart on the things of god so i'm wow. worshiping like pr- music's blaring i'm praying our elders get together with ta and i or whoever's teaching and we'll pray together and it's not like uh lord bless the communicator i mean we're praying for like christ to be exalted for the people to be stirred for god to pierce hearts raise the dead sanctify the saved all that then we gather together in the green room and we're praying together with everyone from production and back of house and everybody so we're on our knees praying um and then i'll go alone into this little room it's like an access to the parking lot and i'll go get alone and just pray by myself Mm. um before i go out and then uh so now that's like probably more preparation but it goes into delivery and then i'll say get your intro on lock so what i've found is that if you have the first like 30 seconds to a minute then the rest is going to follow. It's like setting that locomotive in motion and the train's going to follow. So many times you're like, okay, so wait, what is, what's my third point? And the second thing I was going to say, what is that? And it's like, forget all that. Like you go out, have that intro unlock, you know exactly what you're going to say and the rest is going to follow. You're just going to, you're going to slip into the right gear and go. Uh, what I would say is before you, so then you're out there with the congregation, I would don't sit there and ruminate on your notes and, and like keep going over and over and over like don't do that i would say go and worship like what as they're singing the songs you go out there and worship with the lord like he's already he's gone before you you've done the work you've put it all in now go worship with the body which is you know we know from ephesians like it's it's a gift like we're we're speaking to one another with psalms hymns spiritual songs when i go up when the bumper's playing i'll turn around back to the audience lights are out bumpers playing and I'll pray to the Lord one last time and just be like may the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight my rock and my redeemer I'll be, or whatever like give them what they need I don't know something quick but I'm praying right before and then I'll turn around and when you turn around they'll bring the lights up and you're setting the tone like it is your job to command the attention of the room and they're going to decide in the first five seconds am I going to listen to this joker like who is this does he have any authority or whatever to speak to me and so a quick introduction and very quickly or welcome but it's that's like tonality it's smiling it's eye contact gesture you're you're commanding the attention of the room because you have something incredibly important to say and you want them to lean in like okay i'm gonna listen to that guy i don't my friend just dragged me here my roommate my boyfriend whatever but i'm gonna listen to him i think there's a real difference between teaching and preaching as ta said previously in the message but you got to know which points that, that you're going to speak pastorally maybe you're, you're talking about pain or suffering like i did a couple weeks ago and so that's pastoral and then it said entrust your souls to a faithful creator and i was like i'm gonna like preach when i get to that they have already heard it's god's will that they suffer and now they know that they get to trust their soul to a faithful creator. And so that's when I'm like, I want them to believe with everything within them that they can trust God no matter what they face, when they face it, and for how long it persists, that there is a God who sees and knows and will sustain them. He's faithful. He's, or he's a creator, which means incredible creative. 
And so he's going to come through. You don't know how. You don't need to know how. Like, get excited about now. But, like, that's when you know I'm about to, like, I want them to know that God is unstoppable. And they, they would grasp this truth. And I'll say sometimes, it's not just that it's true. It's true for you. Like, I need you to believe this in your heart. And so that's when I'll, I'll preach. And then um, I would say, so this, that's delivery. And then, you know, sermon ends. Man, don't don't walk off and be inaccessible. Like pastor and preacher, I think, are synonymous. And so meet with people, pray with people, weep with people, lay hands on them and you, as you pray. And then in between services, I'll ask for feedback because I'm not batting a thousand. And so I'll talk to our production guy and Blake Holmes often, our lead pastor, and be like, hey, any changes? And they may give me one or two things, or they may be like, hey, hit repeat. And then as you go out, if you have multiple services, whoever's going to hear that next, you, you've you gone twice, but they've never heard this, and they need manna bread for today. And so it, it's not like, woe is me, I got I to gotta preach it again, okay, you know, pound of Celsius. Instead, it's like, okay, these are, these are however many souls are walking through the door who have not heard this truth, I don't know where they are. And just with all that the Lord, First Peter 4 says, those who speak the oracles of God are as though they're speaking the oracles of God. It's like, man, this is no commonplace thing. And then worship again. I'd say don't, you know, don't skip worship because you already worshiped during the first service. Like, go again, be with the body, sing praises to the Lord again. And then just be aware after you've delivered, like, man, you're going to feel, sometimes I'll be like, dude, I I feel like I'm on vacation because you just did this heavy lift and be careful that your vacation doesn't lead to, um, you know, seeing something you shouldn't. Overeating will be a thing if I like fast and then I'll like binge on Captain Crunch. So (laughs) we've we've moved into confession. The entire universe of things you could eat after a sermon, Captain Crunch. I would, I just wouldn't have guessed that would have been the one. Kids, sugar, (laughs) cereal. Anyway. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's there's some much. really, really good stuff. That's really, really good. You know, I just want to I want to talk about the prayer thing uh, real quick. Uh, you know, Tia, I shared this with you, but uh, someone who was on staff came back, and they were uh, just commenting um, on the service, on uh, things that happened before the service, and things like that. And and they just they made this comment, which I thought was so great. He said, "You know what's 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 really grown around this place." Uh, is a dependence on God, and um, and the, you know, uh, John just gave Ta a uh, fist bump because I think Ta, you've really driven that uh, here, and it's been really really fun to see that uh, the green room it never was uh, an irreverent place ever, and not even close. But there's something I love about our green room now. It, it's still fun. There's you know, I'm sure there's there's always some kind of snack and drink back there, and but. The closer it gets, the more of kind of like a holy hush. Uh, we're not putting on a show. This is not a production. We're about to go out and, you know, for our, our worship team, we're about to lead worship to a real living holy God. And then we're about to preach, you know, John, as you said, the oracles of God. These are these are weighty things. And then uh, everybody hits their knees, whether you operate the camera uh, or you are the lead preacher that day. And, um, and everybody prays out loud. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just sets a different tone. Uh, it sets a different tone top to bottom. And uh, it's one of the things I, I love. Uh, I love being in the green room when I have, when I have nothing to do at all with a, with a thing. Because you know, I, just, I just love God more yeah. uh, doing that. And so uh, that's, you know, that's not in anybody's notes here. But uh, 
that that would be something um, to replicate, uh, I think. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, any other thoughts on you're in, you know, uh, you're, you're in the saddle Sunday morning, you're behind the behind the pulpit. Other other things you've learned, mistakes you've made, you know, uh, admonitions to young communicators. Yeah, I mean, I'll, John hit on so many great things. I'll just uh, put an exclamation point on one. Like that first five seconds is so important. Pay attention to your body language. Smile. Yeah. If you can, you're going to set the tone right there. Uh, and then I would say, um, you know, I mentioned it some on the, the last episode, but I you really want to take account of who is in the room. So, you know, the natural tendency for me, because I'm 42, married with three kids, my tendency is to speak to the people who are married with kids. And I have to remember that there are a lot of young adults in our church. There's a lot of single people that don't live in a home in the suburbs. They are living in an apartment in a certain area of town, or their their weekends look a lot different than mine. And, you know, my tendency is because I'm a guy is to think about illustrations that might connect more with a guy, but there's, we've got a lot of females in our audience. So you want to take into account like who is in the room and you want to speak straight into the heart of, of you don't want anyone leaving saying, doesn't feel like this place knows that I'm even here. Hmm. I think that humor is important and you need to know how God has wired you to use humor. Don't believe the lie that humor cannot be a part of your message. You just need to figure out how you utilize it and don't force it. And at the same time, don't rush past it. Some of my favorite moments on stage are unplanned where there's a slip of the tongue where something comes out one way and that's not what you intended to say. Like, lean into it like just laugh with your people like when they're laughing let them see you laugh like i remember john elmore killed a fly on stage like that's so great it's so great for to step out of presentation mode and for people to be like oh that guy is he he's enjoying himself like if you don't look like you're enjoying what you're doing i guarantee you the people are not enjoying what you are doing so I would encourage you to laugh and to be vulnerable. We talked about it in the last episode, but like you need people need to see you bleed, you know, that that uh you are not you're not a perfect person. I would give credit to other people. Like when it's not your content, don't don't preach it like it is. And there is no shame in saying, you know what, as John Elmore says. And just say it, like even if it's another, some other pastor, like that is okay. And that's actually, that shows your people that you know what, this isn't about you and you don't have to get the, get the credit for it. Um, and then in terms of application, you always want to drive to application. Something that I've used at different points is, is to think in terms of, hey, what do I want people to do before they leave? What do I want people to do today when they get home? And then what do I want people to do every day this week? So I've used that as kind of like my application. Like, hey, before you leave, do this. When you get home, do this. Every day this week, do this. In terms of how you end a talk, like figure out how you're going to land the plane. Thank you. Nobody wants to like touch down and then go back up and touch down and go back up. 
And, you know, I remember I think about, um, and you just have to figure out how this works with your personality, but if you think about um, Disney World or Disneyland, every single day ends with fireworks. Why? Because it's the last thing that you experience. It's the last thing you remember. So families can be there and kids can be losing their ever-loving minds and parents can be thinking, why did we do this? And then those fireworks start going off and everyone quiets down and everyone is sitting there smiling and it's this amazing experience and people leave saying, I want to come back. And so it's good to think about what are the fireworks going to be. Now, don't take me wrong. Like you don't want to put on a show for people, but you do want to be intentional about what will people remember. And they're going to remember a lot more what you say at the end than what you say at the beginning. So just think strategically about that. Sometimes it's so easy to put all the effort into the intro to some compelling story. But if you've got something at the end that is just like a strong period to your talk, yeah. like or an exclamation point, that's what you that's what you want. Really, really good. Man, the only other thing that I've I've well two. One, I color code my notes so that there's like Oh, this is a illustration. This is an application. This is what's going to be on screen. And so that helps uh, the people in the back of house know what to throw up on the lower third for like verses and whatnot. And then it helps me. I can also look at a glance and be like, wow, this is really like application heavy. I've got seven or illustration heavy or I've coded humor before and, and notice like, okay, I don't have any humor for like a page and a half. Like I need to, I need to give them uh, room to breathe and exhale a little bit. So those would be ones. And then another thing that's happened, I've, I've been here at this church for 12 years, and I find myself, as I'm preaching, I'll look out and see individuals who are literally going through what I'm preaching, and I will call out their name in the midst of it. I don't know if it's good or bad. It hasn't been bad yet. I think it's been encouraging. One of the values we have here is like to make a big church feel small. And so I'll be like, Reagan, I know that I know that you've walked through this. Or Carrie, you've been an example in this. Um, instead of just like to the masses, then people start to, I think, sense like, oh, you like actually are a pastor here and you know people and their plight and what they're walking through. And instead of just like up in some room studying a text and you came down here to deliver it. And so I think... Um, contextualizing to the audience and then truly like knowing and pastoring the audience and not bifurcating preaching and pastoring. It's really, really good. John, uh, I'd be interested to know just real quick. One thing that I was just thinking about is I that, just say random people's names. They're not actually in the audience. I'm <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no, and I, Jimmy. I t- and you've never said my name, which is a little bit hurtful <laughs> considering we're teaching pastors together, but, uh, just joking. This weekend, but, man, I got you. I got yeah. you. <laughs> Look for your Say shadow. my name yeah. at least three times or else <laughs> you, I'm disgusted if you don't. Uh, anyway, um, I was just thinking that when I preach, I only preach to the center camera. Like I don't, I don't walk around and look at different places because when I'm preaching, I want people to feel like I'm talking to them and they're all watching me on the screens. That's so really that's good. why I just preach to the center camera so it feels like i'm looking at them what do you do dude i try to do what you do and i can't ever remember when i'm up there alex hockett has literally been like hey when it's a really important point look at the camera do you notice how ta does that (laughs) and then i like get amnesia when i'm up there so thank you i i fail i fail (laughs) is what i do i fail 
That's really good. Preach. I don't know, man. I just like get so excited. I'm preaching to. The I people. don't enjoy doing it though because I don't. I don't ever see people's faces. Mm-hmm. I just see that little black square at yeah. the back of the. Yeah, he's told me because then no matter who's sitting where, they'll feel like they're looking at you. So that is a best practice, and I am the worst practice. <laughs> Thank you. Stuff, I'm gonna take off my headset. Stuff that the Apostle Paul did not have to worry about. <laughs> right, yeah, right, right. What camera yeah. to look into? Exactly. Um, and that you know, if that if you have screw, we have a big we have a big sanctuary, and so reality is, even when I'm close to you both, I still look up at the screen. Uh, I yeah, find myself, totally. I, I, and I do this every time. I start looking at you, and then I trail, and I look yeah. at, the, and I look at the uh, the screen, and then I come back, and I just, I can't help yeah. it. You know, you're much bigger. Uh, I think they do some airbrushing of your of your face. You look way better uh, on the on the screen. I just, I just look there. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you can. You can buck that if you want, but it's just good to, to know that. I uh, didn't know I needed that, airbrushing, yeah. John. <laughs> this is how I find I, out. I think your style, it's fascinating uh, to watch week after week. You guys toggle back and forth in your style. Like button downs or what? No, I mean just uh, the way you communicate. So, you know, TA, you're you're very measured. Um, you still you get excited. Uh, you're funny and engaging. Um, you just kind of stand there, you know, with your, uh, your scrolling iPad, you know, and again, and John is like, you know, an animal that just got out of the cage and he's just running around on the stage. It's, it's hyperbole. Uh, and then he, he hits two things. One, he hits his chest, uh, repeatedly and he slams the pulpit. Now, when you, when I say that, you're going to go, that's really weird and really awkward. It's not, it's, it's a, it's completely, uh, uh, an overflow. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know. All right, totally, I, I, be, I believe that. And if you did that, it would be so I'm weird. I'm try today. it next time. It would be everyone would. There would probably be an audible gasp. Like that is not and natural. Someday we should. You know? I'm gonna. Yeah. And, and you see me scroll and uh, I'll look at the yeah. camera. <laughs> well, I'm gonna would, hit my chest in the podium. It would. Time. It would. Mark it would word. be painful. It would be painful. And so you know, back to almost where we started is that uh, you both have your own unique style that you're leaning leaning into, and there's some things to manage uh, around that, some things to learn. But you know, I, I do. I really do think that God gave you gifts to build up the body, and He gave you a unique wiring, proclivities, um, things that you're just dialed into that other people are not, and you should lean into them. And uh, so as I think even watching you guys banter back and forth, it, the the contrast is just, it's so stark and yet really, really fun. And so John, why do you take that so negatively? I see your hand. I, I, I don't, I just you, don't know why we're so stark. I don't know what, what is. Oh, it just, I just explained it. Um, so uh, really. You said even as we sit here, John. As I watched you, as I watched you banter back and forth. Okay. Yes. Golly, people! It, now the listeners know what I have to put up with. That three sixty-five here. Our next session will and, be how to deliver a message on a podcast, <laughs> and it won't be well, hosted by John. There we go. I love it. Well, after this period of edification, though, so, <laughs> fellas, any, anything else um, that uh, that you want to leave our, our listeners with? I love you. <laughs> Thank you. It was all in jest. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, this is what I have to leave okay, our listeners go. with. The work is very serious. Yeah. Do not take yourself seriously. Like, like the message, the salvation of souls, which you have no power over, yeah, and the word of God that is eternal and inerrant. Like that's serious, but don't take yourself so seriously, as evidenced in the podcast. Like, it's have fun. Like, God made laughter. Yeah, yeah. I would just say, you know, everyone's wired differently. I'm a feeler. 
And uh, when I get done delivering a message, I mean, this is something that I've put hours into. I've invested myself into it. That is a very vulnerable moment after you step down from delivering a message. And so for me, like I want to hear from God before I hear from anyone else. Like I need God to speak into that moment after I deliver a message um, to hear from him or else I'm going to eat like, Captain Crunch. I'm going to eat Captain Crunch or, or I'm just going to be someone could come down front and say something to me and I'm going to be too sensitive that, you know what, they're trying to tell me that I should have said something differently and I will take it too personally. And so it's I just want to acknowledge that's a very vulnerable moment. Be yeah. careful who you let into that moment. So good. And uh, and make sure that you you listen to his voice first. I love it. And the adage, don't ever resign on Monday, right? Exactly. Don't yeah. ever resign on Monday. Yeah. And uh, you you will have bad sermons or you'll have sermons that you think didn't go well. Yeah. And uh, don't overreact uh, to that. Don't be uh, uh, discouraged. But know know yourself. Know that you are, you are tired. You're worn out, exhausted. I think Spurgeon you know, would just kind of collapse at the end of the day and just ask his wife just to read scripture to him. Mm. He's like, I can't, I can't have another conversation. I can't work on anything else. Can you just read scripture? And yeah. I'm just kind of, I'm so vulnerable and spent at the end of the day. So uh, know thyself, whatever that looks like, um, and know, uh, know which text messages uh, to open yeah. uh, right after a message or who to, uh, who to call on the way home, any of those kinds of things. That's right. And so, well, brothers, thanks so much. It's been really good. Some really, really good wisdom that you shared with us. And uh, I want you to know I'm grateful genuinely for you both, even though John, you, I don't know if you're grateful for me. I'm very, I am very grateful uh, for you. <laughs> you're a good friend. I don't know. I'm a good friend to you. I can I wouldn't say, I can say that. A hundred percent. I, uh, I'm grateful for you both. Our body is grateful for you both. And so friends, thanks so much for listening. If there's, you know, ideas, if there are topics you would love us to cover, please reach us at clp at watermark.org. That's clp at watermark.org. We'll talk to you again next time.